Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 89, Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together and talk about teaching English and teaching English in Japan and all the fun and problems and headaches that go along with it. Uh, today we're talking about um, bias. Real head- headaches, headaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of headaches. Right? And just add some bias to that and uh, various kinds, right? The, the, what kinds we can see, the kinds we can't see. We're aware of, unaware of, and um, how it uh, may or may not be impacting what's happening in your classroom. M- may not be. May not be. May not be. Well, I may think, not be. No, there's a bias, right? <laughs> well, Tony, let's start off. Well, assumptions, right? Well, I got we, we a lot of lot of little stories. I mean, before we get going, um, if you rem- talk about like the kind of bias that may or may not, right? Um, I think the idea actually came up in an episode, and I couldn't find it. I looked for it. Uh, but about three years ago, um, you and I were talking about, yes, we, you know, we've been teaching for you know, over 20 years each, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, we, and, and we know on the first day of class which students are going to be the, the, the stars and which ones are going to be the losers. We, you know, this kid's not going to make it. This is going to fail. So we just know that, right? I don't think we said that, did we? We did say that, and then mm-hmm. I tested it. <laughs> and the next semester, I actually in a number of my classes because it was a, it was a midterm thing, and then it was at one school um, where they switched my students at the at the semester. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to test this theory." I was like, "On the first day of class, you know, attendance and just a first impression of the students." I said, "Okay, this is this is the grade that I think that they're going to earn." And then uh, I gave them a grade, and I put that little file away. And then proceeded through the, the semester, did my grades. I said, okay, let's open it up and uh, do a comparison here. And there was zero correlation. Hmm. Yeah. Which, which either means that I'm a very poor predictor uh, <laughs> of student performance, but also, um, if you want to take a positive spin on it, it's an indicator that that initial day first impression bias did not at all affect the actual student grades. Well, there's a third way to do it, too, which is that the assessment's inaccurate. That's true, too. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just... And absolutely have to make allowances for that. That's absolutely true. Right. So it's it's hard to say exactly what, what that's like. I mean, I've often wanted to do that. I thought this would be an really interesting research project, is you ask all the teachers to give a grade based on the first day, and then you seal it, mm-hmm. and then you compare that to the grade they actually issue at the end of the semester or the year. That's exactly what I did, yeah. Right, right, exactly. And my guess is that you had some correlation. Uh, it was almost nil. Are you serious? So the students serious. you thought... So, so okay, so here's where the bias comes in. Your initial assessment is based on what? I mean, on that day? Yeah, the first day. What do you do? Yeah. Um, just, yeah, totally subjective, right? There's no test. There's no... It was totally subjective. But they based no on what? What were, you, what were you... You're just looking at the student and writing um, down a roll number? Call, roll call, um, response, um, tell a joke, see which students laugh, which students don't, um, which kids are, you know, have heads up listening to when you're, when you're speaking, which kids are heads down on their phone. Um, all You know, those kinds of things, but probably a dozen or more other unconscious or semi-conscious uh, things that a teacher notices, um, you know, their physical responses, their facial expressions, um, maybe that they had enough um, 
output to give some kind of information about what their level might have been? Uh, the hodgepodge of all of that, right? And so there you are. So you're writing down like <clears throat> a, 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 C, a, D, right? Yeah. And well, okay, so how much variation did you have though? So for example, did you like find that the students who gave a, an A went down to a B, students who were a C went up to a B, or what did you just have? I mean, really. I just did a straight correlation. It was like random. Okay. Yeah, so it was like okay, but that was interesting. How'd that make you feel? Um, hum- a little bit humbled, but um, you a little bit, was, just a little bit humbled. Well, a little bit, but I was I was also ha- no, as I said, I was really happy that yeah, I I had this first impression, and that first impression did not color the grades, or it didn't seem to. Right. Anyway. So that's that's that interesting side. So that's there. I, so here I am. I'm a bias free teacher. <laughs> but you know the other thing about that's interesting another little little anecdote about bias about how we um may or might be aware of uh certain biases uh and you know attempt to compensate for those and then maybe overcompensating and then once you overcompensate, you try to recompensate. Yeah, you do your bounce back and forth. Because this was a really interesting situation. This was at uh, my <clears throat> my good school. And this is um, goes back about eight years, maybe six, eight years. And um, they're advanced students. And they're all, they're most, you know, almost to a, a kid, very capable. And it was uh, the first time in, in the class we were doing this... Uh, a group discussion, and um, I run around the classroom, and uh, they've got like you know sheets, and I score whenever they're speaking. I, I give them a point, and I'm and I'm running around and around, I put a lot of miles on. Good exercise. Uh, and in the class, there was a, a young lady. She's maybe more uh, capable than most in the class, and drop dead gorgeous, long natural black hair, beautiful full lips, big eyes just drop dead gorgeous <clears throat> of course i'm all right tony um watch it don't be favoring this you know because you know it's, it's a studies on studies right attractive students get higher grades okay well that's not going to happen here and <laughs> this capable student after class she says excuse me professor um i think i was talking you gave me these three points i think i was talking much more than this you go, <clears throat> do you now? Well, may, and maybe she was. <laughs> and, and maybe I was overcompensating, trying not to, you know, blinding myself to her actual performance um, because I was trying to compensate for what might be this other bias that teachers apparently universally have for giving uh, attractive students higher grades. Hmm. So what do you think of that? And she went on to be a star. She went to, on to be graduate school at, at Todai, and she's you know multilingual and an artist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's kind of what I call the. It's like the Natalie Portman thing, mm. right? You know, Natalie Portman has um, went to Harvard and mm. actually um, is a co-author on a published, very high-level published <laughs> paper on like um, neuroscience. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and an Academy Award winner. And beautiful, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, what is it? It was uh, Rod Stewart once said, some guys get all got all the luck, right? I th- yeah. I think that was like a Rolling Stone um, cover with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was on the cover of Rolling Stone mm-hmm. magazine. It said, some guys got all the luck. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I think that what happens there is that... The, it raises a question for me is what's the relationship between assumptions and bias? Okay. Chicken and egg thing. Yep. Um, you know, are my assumptions biasing me or, or are my assumptions an outgrowth of my bias? And then that self-awareness issue. And you pointed, make a really good point, Tony, is that becoming self-aware of your bias is might not necessarily be a good thing. Right in this situation, if, if you if had you, just gone ahead and if, just what you do with it, right? What right. You do with that now. If you had just right, and it's just the impossibility of being objective, mm-hmm. and that's I think what you're really talking about. And, sure. Um, I think you know it's hard. You know, I overcompensate. Um, I know that I do that. I tr- and try to bend over backwards to try to be fair. And but just by definition, I'm already unfair by doing that. Right, I know, I know, I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going, we're going down the meta road here. Yeah. But what I mean is that I think the the real key issue and what's of interest to me is how do we manage it, right? How how knowing that, right? You're aware of a bias, then you adjust for the bias, and now a whole, right? It goes back to how do we effectively assess or measure students. And you get into that cold, evidence-based area, which is part of the reason why it's there, is to remove bias and try to get as objective as possible. But I don't, you know, I, I, I'm flustered by this whole topic, actually. Mm-hmm. And when no, you mentioned it... It's going to get worse, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's really hard when I the bias really kicks in for me is when I get that kid on the first day who's got his head down and I call their name and they sneer at me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the one that's obviously, or, you know, for all, I don't know what they're doing acting like that, but, and then suddenly it's really hard for me to um, deal with the kid fairly. And I had a kid this semester at my school and it was my Monday, first class on Monday, which is not a good way to start. And this kid just did everything wrong. You know, he would text on his phone and I'd ask him not to. And then the next class, he'd do it again. He wouldn't have his homework. Um, He one day copied from another student. um, You know, and after like the fourth time, it was really hard for this kid to do anything right. Mm -hmm. So, but I actually, I think I mentioned this, that I actually turned to the student. I asked him, I said, look, I need to talk with you. And I said, excuse me, Mr. So-and-so. And he goes, yes. And I said, there are two reasons why a teacher usually knows a student's name. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't it the truth? <laughs> right? Because I was trying to really help him. And he's a freshman, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I just said, look, you know, and I explained, of course, the reasons these are that you're incredibly exceptional in terms of you're doing good work or you have just really, really gotten under my skin. You've gotten under the teacher's skin. And I said, trust me, it's not the former for you. You need to change your behavior. And he says, okay, sorry, 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 sorry. And then he comes to class and I see him doing the homework like two minutes before class starts the next time. <laughs> well, it's an improvement. 
<laughs> not really. He had already done that before, and I told him not to. Oh, but see. I'm just saying that, that I get caught up, and I was like, oh, God, I can't unlearn his name. So, you know, I went ahead and created a, um, a system of random numbering for my students so that now when I'm issuing grades, I have absolutely no idea who's who in my class because I actually know his student number, his regular student number as well. So, yeah, bias, being human, um, having emotions, uh, identifying with the job, right? That's messy. It's it's a good word. That's a good way to. It's really mm -hmm. really messy. Very messy. But okay, so we have biases, and um, so when you mentioned and talk, I'm going to kind of move forward a little bit here, or backwards, or sideways. When we, you mentioned the bias thing, and I thought, oh, this is a really interesting topic, and uh, I always recommend I am. Um, the book uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Right. Which is, um, by the way, for listeners, if you haven't read this book, it's highly recommended. It's required reading for all my Zemi students. But I think this guy like defines what we mean by truly smart. He's a psychologist. Let's see if I have this right. He's a psychologist who won the Nobel Prize in economics. <laughs> That's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, that's a it's think pretty, about that. Pretty <laughs> rarefied atmosphere he runs around in. I mean, that's a really small demographic that you won a Nobel Prize in a field that's not your specialty in a certain right. way. Wow, <laughs> right. wow, wow. So it's a really great read. And so I thought, okay, let me see cog biases. So I looked up biases, and I think, Ugh. yeah, yeah, I lost count somewhere at about 184. Mm different kinds of biases and that just tells you something right that we are just so unbelievably biased and the question really becomes to what degree is it a feature and to what degree are the or what degree are they features and what degree are they bugs mm -hmm. because we need them you can't function it, in the world it's like without it's them. like yeah it's a little bit like like prejudice too right it's like you know that's you know we're kind of hardwired for that because it's it's proven to be effective. It's like you need to make snap judgments and you need to uh, make some decisions based on <laughs> proven experience or you know predicted experience, and it, that's a survival instinct. And we're, we're hardwired for that, and that's it's always going to be there. I think, and we already mentioned it's like the awareness of it and um, what you do with it once you become aware of it, it is, is what the key is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the the hired wiring is, you know, some people will get really upset about that. But there are biases built in, you know, aversions. Yeah, well, it's, you know, stereotyping, right? It's it's a, it's another uh, the same kind of thing and we 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 do that because it's helped us survive. Um and yeah, obviously, you know, there's obvious <laughs> um mental gymnastics that you can do to mitigate the the consequences and, and learn how to make it when it's useful and when it's counterproductive, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, stereotypes, they're stereotypes for a reason. Mm. And, and, you know, they're not, of course, and again, not universal, universally applicable, but they're stereotypes for a reason, right? Yeah, I'm wondering whether or not I have two stereotypes of tigers, right? Those behind cages, or behind, <laughs> and those outside of cages, and I have very different reactions to them. <laughs> but right, you know, I think it's an interesting situation that we're discuss, or not we, but science is able 
much better now to identify what these stereotypes, what these biases, what the heuristics are, these uh, systems of thinking. And as they are identified, it, this, the awareness, our own awareness increases, and then we're at this place of trying to really juggle them and balance them out so that, ah, when is it really useful and when is it not? Yeah. But that's the problem, right? And so stereotypes, that's so, you know, especially when we look at gender and ethnic stereotypes, those are really easy for me to catch with myself on a, on a somewhat superficial level. I'm not saying I'm doing really super well, but I think I'm pretty good at recognizing, oh, I'm stereotyping now. Oh, okay, rewind on that, revise that, adjust. But it becomes the thing that um, Rumsfeld said, right? The unknown unknowns. Hmm. It's really the biases that we have absolutely no idea about that I think yeah. can be really, really dangerous. But then I'm thinking again, you're talking about that over-adjustment. Right. That's and a yeah, really exactly. interesting idea. That's something it's, that's really got me thinking now. Yeah, I made a, I made, kind of made a, a fast couple of lists here. Maybe just run through them before we get to the, 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 the Wikipedia list um, of the uh, formal biases, etc. So just thinking about specifically our situation, teachers and things. Um, so like, like, just like the fast list that I put together for like teachers, right? So of course we talked a little bit about gender, yes and no beauty attached or not. But also things like, for example, um, the school that you're teaching at. These students mm. are uh, students at this particular school, so therefore um, within the school, what, what their major is, mm -hmm. that that's going to bias the way you look at it. Um, the way they're dressed, you know, their fashion, their hair, whatever it is, the, the body language, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Um, other weird one that uh, came up, I mentioned that I, I did this presentation that I did about the um, the pre-grade, post-grade type of thing uh, that someone in the audience brought up. Similarity to former students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, same, yeah. same type, same face. It's like you're going uh, <laughs> to... Um, oh, I remember... Yeah, I know you, you kind of a uh, jerk. Anyway, um, one thing that I noticed really weird about myself that I that, that I that changes my opinion of a student um, when they when they talk about other teachers that they have other it's like you know oh Joan Sensei said it's like I immediately have a different impression of the student because the fact that they're in that person's class somehow colors my perception of them. For better or for worse, or and depending on what they say, which I thought was really bizarre. And that's my maybe that's my problem. Um, <laughs> and you know, even you know, you and I have been here for a long time. When we know what part of Japan the student is from, are they local? Are they from far away? Are they from a different place or um, international students? You know, a student from China, a student from you know Taiwan, um, Korea, wherever they might be. Um, that is also going to change the way because, and, you know, part of it's prejudice, part of it's bias, part of it's experience. You know, we have had experience, so we expect the future to be like the past, which is like one of the biases on that list. Um, students themselves can have biases, right? Uh, gender, they have very strong ideas about male, female teachers. I did a study that I did not publish um, because it would be, I think, very upsetting to a whole lot of people. But let's just say that students have very strong opinions about uh, gender uh, and their teachers. Um, same thing with you know foreigners or nationals, right? Whether the teacher is a Japanese or a foreigner. How old the teacher is. The teacher's appearance, right? Fashion. Uh, that's a huge factor for the students. Is, is the teacher cool? 
um, it's going to change the way that they uh, uh, interact with you in class. And even and then with the administration and supervisory thing, like, um, yeah, is uh, to your supervisor, to the administration, you know, what country you're from. Are you American? You're Australian, New Zealand, England, depending on their biases, they're going to, I guarantee you, treat you very, very differently. Um, male, female, of course. And it <clears throat> goes without saying, uh, part-time, full-time, which is a, a dead horse that we've beaten numerous occasions. But all of those things, and this is this incredible matrix of <laughs> anti-reality or, or biases or skews and things that are um, not square. Um, and we have to walk into this and operate as if two and two equaled four <laughs> somehow and try attempt in our own behavior to make it square and make it align somehow to the best of our meager abilities. Hmm. So how do I do that, Charles? <laughs> Tell me what I should do. Just go into the um, a, a computer classroom and have them do some, you know, pre-made learning, <laughs> language learning activities. Mm-hmm. Um, Worksheets. Uh, well, <laughs> that, that, you know, there are teachers who just grade based on submitted I work, know. right? I and, know. Um, you know, as I tell my students, they, I always, they, they get really kind of upset when I say, okay, you're going to turn in your assignment. I need it to be done this way. Top left corner. Last name, comma, first name, student number, date, etc. Twelve point font, Times New Roman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It has to be done exactly this way. And then somebody says, "Like, well, you're being really kibishi," and I'm saying, "No, you don't understand. When you hand me that paper, everybody's paper looks the same. Because if your paper do- is in a font I don't like, it's going to affect me." <laughs> it's just like there you go. Yeah. And I explained that you know when I, the rare times where I do take um, accept. Uh, hard copies, I fold over the top left corner of everything. So when I'm checking, I don't know the person's name or student number. That's a it's a real good point though. With like you just talked about, like the appearance of the submitted. Yeah, product, I was going right? to say that's one of the biases like, I was going huge. to talk about. Yeah, yeah that's I huge. Said, you know, a student could turn it a perfectly done paper, but if it's crumpled up, right, handwritten with coffee stains on it, it's just yeah. you know, you throw it back at them. <laughs> like, don't give me this. Or even if you do give me that, it's just, there's just, so I try to explain to them that, you know, you got to understand that I am a biased creature, mm. right? Um, but before we go into how to deal with the biases, um, I want to run with some of the ones that I listed. I tried to get away from um, just all of them because I was getting my biases because it was like going to like five pages, double-sided A4. Do you have the teacher who wears a suit? <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to. Um, <laughs> but... He must be a good teacher. He wears a suit. Actually, what um, I was thinking about, one of the real biases I have is um, perceived arrogance and condescension from people. Mm -hmm. Right? When I think that somebody's an arrogant person. I I can't, especially with a faculty member. It's really bad with students, too. You know, when the student's really arrogant. Or um, or when people perceive, perceive us as arrogant. Yeah, well, I can't blame them for that. <laughs> um, but what I right, but what I mean is that you know what I mean is that I do. I'll perceive somebody to be condescending towards me. Now they might not be, so this is all a perceptual thing. But um, 
when you were talking about some of the biases and you were talking, which teachers are they taking? I can get really biased when they say which teacher they like. Mm-hmm. So if there's a teacher who I think is a really poor teacher, right? You know, for example, does nothing but teacher fronted, does straight, you know, just listening and testing and is like back in the dark ages and the student says, oh, I really, really thought this teacher was great. I've got a bias with that student. Sure, or, or they just show videos and give everybody an A. Right, and, the st- you know, it's just like suddenly it's like, okay, I, I, I have a bias with a student. Um, extroverted versus introverted students is a real big A. It's much as hard to grade, right? That's another topic. I think. I, it's not grading them. It's just that I have a tendency, and the way our classes are designed, right, student-centered classes, group work, pair work, et cetera, the introverted student... Um, I have to really stop and say, oh, wait, is this student introverted or they don't know or they're just not participating? So trying to balance that one out. Um, One that's really hard, uh, and because we talk a lot about stuff in our classes, and I've tried to actually readjust for this, is um, the student's attitude towards issues. And this came up, for example, after um, the Tohoku earthquake, when there were students who said, yes, well, Japan has a need for nuclear power. And wow, just that statement made it very difficult for me to look at that student very fairly, right? You know, it's like, you know, my my attitude was like, are you out of your mind? You know, especially with your, I mean, you know, spoon into that your, your very personal experience, right? Right, whatever. But yeah, so there's the, you know, trying to be fair with them and the attitude. How you talk to me is going to mm-hmm. bias me, right? Or, you know, do you, how are your manners? I mean, that's always been a, big bugaboo for me, right? Um, sure, the kid who walks in and says, good, good morning, with a big smile, or like, hi, Tony, or whatever, and the other kid who just shuffles right past your desk without lifting his eyes, right? Oh, or the ones who walk behind you? Uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I mean, I've had a couple of times where I've had to say, excuse me, mm-hmm. this is a teacher zone. I have private materials here. Or, you know, the one, the student who just pushes past you in the classroom, Right. I don't get that either. I, I don't know that uh, that, I, that happens either. sometimes. Where you know they're not mm. they're not pushing you, but they're just instead of just saying excuse me. Um, ah, here's a real bias, Tony. I don't know if you f- feel like this. Um, this came up to me came up with me um, the other day. I was doing an intensive, and this was for um, t- teachers. And about ninety percent of the people said good morning to me in English, right? When they walked into the classroom, and ten people said. Japanese, you know, Ohio gozaimasu, Hiroshikonagashimasu. I was like, why are you talking to me this way? Right? It's an all-day English thing. Everybody knows. So, and again, the key here is when we say that we have these biases, we're not saying we're right. We're talking about what awareness we have, right, of what we know where we're getting emotional, where we're being affected, and we're unfairly making judgments. So, yeah, so those are some of them. Um... Yeah. So, yeah, Tony, I'm going to throw it back to you. So what do we do? <laughs> I mean, what, first off is getting awareness that you have the biases, correct? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Then that, and that's, that's half the um, battle, I think. That's half the battle. And, and it really is not nearly as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. Uh, it requires uh, pretty much, you need to like you know wait for the semester to end. And here it comes. Thank you very much. Um and really clear your mind a bit and get a little bit of distance from the day-to-day because as soon as you start talking about thinking about this, 
immediately, you know, your most recent experience is gonna is gonna come to the fore, and it's gonna change. You're gonna get totally derailed. You need a little bit of distance. You need some, you need, you need to be come you need to be coming from a a place of balance, mm. and really work hard at um, you know getting outside and taking a look at your self and your ideas and your behavior and your thoughts um and you know and a kind of brutal look at it and see exactly what it is that's driving your judgments and your decisions um we all like to, you know obviously we always like to think of ourselves oh yeah I, I know what i'm doing you know like i like we talked about yeah, yeah, oh yeah come on I, I i'm not that way i'm not biased this i I'm I'm fair, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like, well, you know, again, get some distance and really <laughs> take a cold, hard look and see if that's if that's really true. Probably not. Mm-hmm. It's probably not true. We're like, again, we all uh, are dancing around in this matrix. So yeah, first step, unquestionably, awareness. Yes, and so I'm going to go to the what I think is the next step, but it's going to also bring into play some more large wider social societal kind of issues when you asked what can we do i think the most important thing that educators could do and actually anybody in the world to do is to be open-minded when somebody says they have a bias and not attack them for it and create an opportunity for them to explore their biases does that make sense yeah of course so in other words if i come in and talk to you and i go hey tony I am just realizing that I have an unbelievable bias towards um, students with pink hair. And what happens most of the time as I say that is, you're, you're, you're wrong, you're biased, you're, you're being prejudiced. You know, um, If you did that, if I was fi- anything, you know where I'm going on that, is right. I need to be able to talk about it to get it out of my system or to well, explore Well, yeah, and, it. And, and you're already admitting the bias. I mean, that, as you said, you're, you're on your way to... But I need exploration. I need to understand sure. it more. And uh, it's there's only so much you can do on your own. And I think biases are identifying biases. You can identify some, but other people will help you identify your own. And it's the same thing. There's some biases that you can actually overcome. I think individually, but others are going to require the help or you know insights of people who are seeing things from a different perspective, and I just know that there are just times where I want to say, hey, you know, I, I, I did this, I, and I know it's wrong, but I don't know how to get it out of my system, and I know that if I were to say that in certain, you know, rooms, that I would be attacked for it. So yeah, I think that there's a, a need to be able to talk to people um, and you actually need people to indulge you in this. There's the aspect of, you know, if I feel this thing and I identify it, but I don't know how to deal with it, let's say, or I don't know how to go about changing or improving, it would be really great if I could walk into a teacher's room, into the teacher's room and say, hey, you guys, can I get a few minutes of your time? Uh, I just recognize that I have this bias. I feel this way and I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but I've not been able to move forward with it. I haven't been able to figure out a way to get rid of that bias. And, you know, if you can indulge me for a few minutes here, it would be great. And that way I can explore it a little bit. And you guys could give me some feedback and make some suggestions or even maybe show me where that's coming from and how I can view it differently. That would be really helpful. And 
that's what I really want from people is that kind of um, patience and understanding so that I can grow as a human being rather than having to sit by myself with that bias and not be able to discuss it or talk about it. And that also the problem of maybe I'm not the only one feeling that way and that it would be nice to know, well, other people have that problem. It's common and that I'm not alone and I'm not isolated. And, you know, so there I am dreaming on. But um, to get back to your initial question, what can we do about it? I would say, and I agree with you, there's a limit to what we can do by ourselves. Let me take it, I want to take it in another direction. We're talking specifically about teachers and students. Get out of the teacher's room. Um, and you've got a kid with pink hair, and you know that you got pink hair bias. Um, talk to the pink hair kid. Um, it's, a, it's that whole, the whole, the very notion of like um, the prejudice being based on ignorance. We'll unignorance ourselves. Um, learn more about it. Like, what the hell is going on? I had a kid. I don't know. He may, hey, he might actually be a listener. Hey, M. John, how you doing? Um, he was uh, came a student and uh, came from far away. I won't say where he's from. Uh, and at this one particular school, fashion, etc., etc., is fairly conservative. So it's very unusual to have kids with like you know, blonde hair, yellow hair, pink hair, or anything else. And he showed up and he's in class with um you know bright blonde hair sticking out like a sore thumb not from the osaka area obviously having a hard time and um only you know conjecture guessing that you know peer pressure um whatever it was and he's obviously feeling it and and i and i guess by the end of the first semester he um changed Maybe well, well before, maybe like six or eight weeks in, um, changes hair. And uh, I remember going doing this mental dance. It's like okay, there's okay. I'm looking at the kid, and there's one kid in, in all my four classes here um, who's got this bright yellow hair. And it says like, well, I'm not gonna. <clears throat> this is this is the dance, right? So I'm not going to make assumptions about this kid. Um, and I found out that he was, you know, not from there. Say, so okay, well, you know, all these kids they come from different high schools all all, all over Japan and and outside Japan. Um, like, let's, let's 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 check it out, see what happens. And uh, he turned and did, he just he said he, the sweetest kid. And in fact, um, you know that oh, this summer that uh, our our mansion here has had uh, remodeling and required us to we have like a, a terrace that has lots of stuff on it it's a big terrace with lots of stuff and actually needed student help you know i needed help so i you know recruited i put it on their web pages i need some help and stuff and he's one of the two kids who volunteered and so yeah he was he was over the house we moved all kinds of big heavy stuff around um bought him lunch and the most gentle polite considerate um it was just completely completely outside what your you know the initial impression um might have been and um so i say rather than going like to other people like, go directly to the person that you're feeling this bias toward and attempt to open up some communication there um find out exactly what is behind that facade um I've done that and I don't, I'm not a saint. I don't do this all the time, but I have done it on occasion. And it, it, for me, it, it has been extremely helpful. 
Mm. Yeah, well, that kind of ties into a bias we didn't talk about, right? Which is mm. that our bias is that who they are in the classroom is who they are. Mm. That And they're very different. So what happened is, outside of the classroom situation, you were really surprised to see who this 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 student was, right? Mm. And I I had the same thing where I had a student and I invited them to they wanted to they see whether talk with me whether to be, be you know join my seminar and I said why don't you come and talk to my seminar students who are working on you know the fourth year students and this student is a very extroverted very talkative kind of like the most talkative person in the class um, always you know um, volunteering answers and she was just so quiet because these were her senpais her seniors and I saw a very, very different side of that student. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean is that you know it's like when you're sitting um, down and you're kind of having a cup of coffee, and the rare time when this, a student or on the bus and a student sits down next to you, either because they want to or because there's no other seat, and they start mm-hmm. talking with you, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, this person's really different from who they are in the classroom." Sure. So sure. I think that's sure. the, that's the bias I really have to work on is to say, "Ah, oh, wait." You know, Tony, this just reminded me, this is the bias we don't talk about, and I think it's my biggest bias, and maybe it's all language teachers' biggest bias, mm. is just because you're not good in the language doesn't mean you're not super smart. How about it? Right. And I vice think versa. I find, yeah, exactly. And I, vice versa. Vice versa. I think just because they're good in the language, it's like, oh, God, I have, that one, I just, I if somebody can, like, you know, give me a chip to overcome that one, I think <clears> I would actually, it? I would accept that chip. That's, I'll go with you on this. This, 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 this is the biggest one. one. This is a huge, a huge one. This yeah. is massive. And we both didn't even mention it at the beginning, right? Yeah, because we're, we're blind to it ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And I just, when you were talking about that student, I started thinking, it's like, my God, it's really true. If a student speaks English well, I think they're smart, intelligent, that they're cool, that they're good. And the kid who's struggling and can't even say, you know, like, I had a, a ice cream on the weekend, I'm like suddenly making all sorts of judgment calls about them. And uh, also just a reminder that that's how we're perceived as well <laughs> by, by many people, right? So, so, well, you can't speak Japanese well, you're an idiot. Well, you know, I, I, was, on the rece- <laughs> I was on the receiving end of... Uh, we all have been. <laughs> yeah, well, I was on the receiving end of actually a different kind of bias. I was actually mm-hmm. talking to someone at the school, and they were like kind of shocked about some things about students wanting to work with me or something and they said well you just teach oral communication and so there's the bias that comes from right what you're teaching right you know and i was on the receiving end of bias and i I mentioned this right the person was like really condescending about well you know according to you know whatever um I didn't. I said that's not what I do in my class. I said you don't know what I do in my class. I said you're making assumptions. You don't ask. And the reason I mentioned it is, when I was so obviously um, presented with bias that I couldn't ignore the bias, I was like able to see it. What a terrible feeling! Hmm. God, what a terrible feeling! And I that just I now what I've tried to do now is whatever I'm identifying bias or trying to see what's going on I try to remember God I felt so bad when I was on the receiving end of that that I need to really take an extra step but yeah yeah I 
yeah, I know that um, I want to turn to people to say, excuse me, but I really don't have a, you know, a, um, a learning disability. <laughs> well, I do have a learning disability. I'll cop to that. I'm, I'm not a very good language student. No, I'm not a very foreign good language student. I'm not so a very I, good. I'm not a very good language learner. That's not where my learning ability is, right? But again, because that's my job, I'm just judging people all the time by that. And right. I'm just, that's so wrong. Yeah. It's really, really, really wrong. Um, you know, for example, uh, it's, I think we've talked about this before, the difference between students in your classroom and then what happens at the school festivals, where suddenly yep. they're incredibly organized together, cooperative, <laughs> able to work together. Or the other, so this is, the, what is this called? And this resourceful. Is, this is called the um, attributional fallacy. Okay. Right, where yeah. we uh-huh. we think, think that, that everybody somebody... thinks like us. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's oh, a little projection different. bias. That's projection. The, okay. the the attribution fallacy is that you think somebody's who they are, but that and it's non contextual. Yep. Rather okay. than it's right. the yeah. context, which is the major thing. So you know that's just so especially in Japan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where context is everything. everything. <laughs> when we don't think that way right i think it's it's what you mentioned <laughs> when you were talking on the last podcast i think about when the student asked you why do foreign teachers want to be called by their names in japanese uh-huh. professor sensei there's different rules formalities and mm-hmm. here the context is so important and then we forget and there's another bias is we i don't like contextual the context of japan so much that everything's so contextual or uniform based right yeah, There's, or not even like, just like you don't can't perceive it. But or I'm, well, it's invisible, right? Yeah, the we bias. Don't, uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. This is a tough one. This is a hard one. It's um, and there's so much of these things going on. Um, you know, I have to really. So uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> it's hard when you ask, "How do we solve this? How do we deal with it?" So it's self awareness. Once you identify some bias or something, especially if it's with an individual, go out and re-educate yourself. Remove your ignorance by talking to the person, getting and out in a context maybe that's a little bit different. Um, well, switch up the context, right? Right. I mean, you really. I mean, again, like having you know that kid in class and the kid in my kitchen. They they might not be the you know nothing <laughs> the same. It's a completely different beasts. Um, but at least you, just, yeah. yeah. But it's also the doubt. One of the reasons why people don't want to deal with bias is because after a while you're just in, you're 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 drowning in doubt. Hmm. You're it's like okay, I'm not fair. I'm not right. I can't do anything objectively. There's this is where you get into that relative issues of truth and things, right? Is doubting and stuff. Hmm. But um, yeah, the bias thing is is really really weird. It's really really weird. But I don't know. I don't know where to go with it, Tony. Honestly. Um... Well, I think, and, and we, you know, there's so many different kinds of so many different sources, and you know, we are so different. We have such different sets of preconceptions, prejudices, and biases. Um, I think we, we obviously the we there's no problem agreeing on the first step is just to somehow enhance awareness and become more aware. You know, self-reflection, looking around. And getting a sense of that, and then I think the next step is <clears throat> contextual. Um, it's going to depend on 
whether you're talking about you know a, a student, a colleague, um, somebody else, and uh, what you do as a second step is going to be um, depend a lot on what the other factors are. Hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a case, and you know, here we go, Japan, case by case. Oh yeah, I hate case by case. I know, but in this case, <laughs> in this case, um, I think that that might, that might be it. And um, I think um, if you want to have like a general thing, it's uh, a general approach. Um, if you once you discover a sense that you've got a bias for or against a certain thing, it's to confront that thing, whatever it is, uh, and educate yourself about it. And um, ex- and and find out what you learn, compare it with your bias, and what parts of your bias may be based in reality, and how much of it is based on something else. Ignorance, fear, etc., uh, etc. Et um, I think maybe a general approach that might not be a bad way to go. Uh, not certainly not the easiest or the most pleasant, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's maybe if you're serious about, you know, eliminating that's that's one way to do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I just I think somehow this um, discussion really has opened up a can of worms for me, and I'm realizing I'm not that comfortable with it, and because of not knowing where to go exactly. So I'm gonna have to go back and do a whole bunch more work on this because well, I think just, we all do. That's that's the point. I think. Yeah. I think well, that's it. Yeah, because I'm thinking just even of the problems of uh, like you know, framing things. How you even frame the question has such an effect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah, the thing. What is sure. it if you if you say that this this surgery has a 90 percent success rate, people will choose to take the surgery in a certain yeah. proportion, and then if you frame it and say that there's a 10 percent, you know, chance that you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I, yeah, there's a thing. Yes, absolutely. Right. So uh, there's so many, many ways that I, things have to be done. So, you know, I'm going to go back and really think about this when it's the end of the semester. And that means I have plenty of time to think. And I think uh, this is going to be a big project. Mm. Or not a big project, but it's going to be one of the projects I'm working on over the summer, trying to figure this one out. because Well, it's time for it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, well, because it's really hard to do when you're in the midst of it, right? In the yes. middle of, yes. of the maelstrom of teaching. Okay, I think it's a good place to stop. What do you think? I think so. Okay, I'm Charles Wiz. Uh, Tony Silva, but uh, just a couple of things. Uh, oh, no, no, very no, fast. No, no. <laughs> no, no, very, very fast. Um, vacation break coming up. Hey, um, good luck with the grades, folks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, hang in there. It, it, it's almost, it, uh, maybe you're finished already. Maybe you're not. Uh, this is, this goes up on in a couple of days, August first. So a lot of us are still hard at it. Good luck with that. And um, thanks to uh, a couple couple of listeners who uh, bounced back at this, Karen in Osaka and Jeff Okuyama. Thank you very much for your comments, input. Uh, appreciate it. Good luck to you guys too. And now, yeah, we're we everywhere. Two teachers talking. Okay. okay, have a good one, Tony. Etc. All right, you too. See you. Bye bye.